This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show. What's up? Chris, here with you again. It's mid-April. That means you're getting into exams. That means you're really busy. That also means you don't have time to listen to a drawn-out podcast introduction. So this is going to be short and sweet. Today, we're speaking with Matt Quintieri, chief editor of the Ottawa Law Review, as well as Cassandra Ma, an executive editor of the OLR. Why is a podcast about the Law Review important? Well, it can be an amazing opportunity for law students. It can be a springboard to meet people. It's a springboard to develop key skills, marketable in the legal industry. And it's also a great way to get involved in a team atmosphere that really contributes to an important discussion about the law and how it impacts society. So in this episode, we're digging into the nuts and bolts of the OLR. How do they actually decide what articles get included? What does that process look like? We're going to dig into the new digital strategy with free open access of both current and past content that the OLR has launched. And then we're going to talk in depth about what you can expect as a student if you're getting involved at the different stages, 1L, 2L, 3L. What are the benefits of involvement? What are the challenges? After this, you're going to know everything you need to know about law review involvement. Thanks to Matt and Cassandra for their time. They were great guests. As a last note, the call-out for new project managers is officially closed. Thanks to everyone who applied. The interviews were fantastic, and we're so happy to say that we're bringing on three new PMs. They're going to knock out their exams right now, and then we're going to get them ramped up in early May so they can hit the ground running and start bringing you awesome content from a fresh new perspective. Finish your exams on your own terms, feel good about it, take a little break after, and then move into summer. Let's roll. Hello, welcome to the Law School Show. Just Chris here doing the interviewing today, sitting across Skype, across Eastern Ontario from Ottawa to Toronto, speaking with Cassandra and Matt with the Ottawa Law Review Sandra, how are you? Good, how are you? Very well, thanks for asking. Matt, how are you doing, man? I'm doing very well, thanks. All right. Uh, Matt, why did you first join the Ottawa Law Review? I joined the Ottawa Law Review because I really loved what they're all about, and that is publishing first-rate legal scholarship and contributing to the legal profession and academia, and it's just something that I wanted to be a part of. How about you, Cassandra? Um, I have always had kind of an interest in writing and publishing. Um, if I wasn't in law, I think I would actually be in some sort of writing-related field. Um, and when I was here during orientation week in first year, um, I was just hearing so much about law review from um, upper-year colleagues, and it just grasped my interest in terms of being something that would expose me to the law, um, and legal research, but at the same time engage those other interests of writing and publishing. Um, and as well, I thought, you know what, it would be a really great way to get involved in the law school community, get to know some of my peers a bit better, and yeah, it turned out to be a pretty great choice. 
So what is the mandate of the Ottawa Law So I think our mandate is, is really twofold. On one hand, um, we're committed to disseminating high-quality legal research uh, and legal scholarship throughout um, the community. And on the other hand, we want to create a place within the University of Ottawa Faculty of Law for students to develop skills in legal research, legal editing, um, such that they can become great lawyers once they leave our law school. And a lot of what we publish, we want to, we want the material to ultimately help courts um, push law reform and, and help and advance the legal profession. And one great thing that technology has provided and that we are trying to keep in the front of our minds is that um, we now have a platform to reach a wider audience, not only legal professionals and those that can can pay for a print issue, but those that, um, or most of us, that can access materials online. And so we've, we've gone open access. And so now the, one of our big purposes is access to justice. And we, we don't want to only be able to help the profession, but we want to help the general community and sort of play our part now in addressing the access to justice crisis, which is um, a serious issue in the province and in the country. So, Cassandra, you mentioned high quality in terms of the research and publication. Uh, who's deciding what uh, what's high quality and, and what's not? Well, when we first receive uh, articles for um, consideration in each issue of the Law Review, it goes through a pre-screening process wherein our senior editors all sit together, we We've all read the article in advance, and we debate whether or not this is a novel contribution to the field. That um, must be a lively room. <laughs> sorry? That must be a lively room at times. Yeah. I, I can recall, especially within the last month, there was one particular article that came in that really divided the senior board, and we had probably the most lively and at times heated debate as to whether or not to include it. Um, good. But, yeah, it's good to be challenging ourselves and making sure that what we're publishing really is valuable. And um, on top of that, too, uh, we get our articles assessed by um, other legal scholars who are in similar areas of research just to make sure that what is being produced in the article actually reflects what the state of the law is, um, that all the proper leading sources have been mentioned, that sort of thing. Yep, our independent assessors serve as a quality check and sort of fill the gap because, you know, at the, at the end of the day, we're, we're students, so we want to ensure that we have a critical eye and an expert eye in there to make sure that we're publishing um, sound material. Uh- who are, uh, or what positions are these independent assessors taking within the legal market? Are they professors? Are they um, local local professionals? Um, oftentimes they are professors or uh, legal academics. I think on occasion we do reach out to uh, like legal professionals or practitioners, but primarily I think we stick more with uh, academics who might be just better versed in academia and better able to assess what a good piece of research should look like. 
Beautiful. Thank you. Uh, Matt, why don't you give us the specs of the law review? And by specs, I mean, where is it published? How do you access it? Is it free? What's its reach? Well, I'm excited to talk about this because this has been a big um, objective of this year's board and for the vision and and sort of future of the Ottawa Law Review. So um, for a long time, like most law journals, we publish print issues and we sent those to various libraries and subscribers and we collected it to check. And I suppose, or I hope people would take them out of the library, but I'm not too sure what, what happens after that. Um, however, like most forms of print media, um, the Ottawa Law Review is an immune to market forces and we received or we experienced a significant drop in demand for our print issues. And so with that, you kind of have to question, well, is this model sustainable? And ultimately, we, ter- we determined that it wasn't. So we, sh- we have shifted to a digital strategy, an open access online strategy for free. Um, and so we're in the process of uploading articles dating back to 1966 uh, online for free for the general public. But lawyers are traditional. And so we maintain, we decided to maintain the print issue, um, option. So subscribers can now print or order on demand. And uh, that was sort of a compromise that we struck. And I think actually, uh, Matt has touched on more of the subscriber side of the issue, but I think one great thing about this new model is that it allows us to get research out there in a timely manner so that you know, the authors who have worked on these articles can get their voices heard, but to a wide audience um, that might not have been able to access uh, their work prior and, you know, let them get their opinions out there before the law might change. Moving at the speed of real life. That's good. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, what both of you um, are doing with the OLR and in your history. Uh, I know as a past law student that uh, the law review has a high status in, in most law schools and it's something that a lot of law students are interested in but might not know what the time commitment, etc., is actually like over a one, two, or, or three-year academic career in law. Maybe you can speak first, Cassandra, to uh, the evolution of your role with the Ottawa Law Review. So, like I said before, I've been involved with the Ottawa Law Review since uh, the very start of my law school career, and if I'm being honest, that first year was not necessarily the most glamorous. A lot of what I was doing was source verification, um, basic edits to um, articles in relation to citations and footnotes, that sort of thing. Um, but I came back in my second year, and... I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you off. Um, that's common to the first-year role with the Ottawa Law Review, correct? Yes. Okay, uh, perfect. I think that even though we would be interested in trying to expand that amount of responsibility, it's hard when a lot of these students who are coming in for the first time to law school haven't really had a chance to wrestle with uh, legal citations, might not have an understanding of even the sources of Canadian law, so it's good to start off slow. Okay, thank you. Go on. Yeah. Came back. Definitely the amount of responsibility I had grew. I had greater um, editing responsibilities. I 
was in charge of mentoring a group of assistant editors. So these would be first-year students involved with the Ottawa Law Review. And as well, I got to work more on the administrative side of the Ottawa Law Review um, and help build the link between our journal and the Ottawa community by promoting different events or different issues that we were currently putting together. Oh, cool. Give us an example of an event. Oh, uh, we put on a number of events of events each year, um, in particular, actually. Um, each year we put on an academic symposium about a different topic in law, be it health law or um, electoral reform, and scholars from across North America or even other continents will come and give talks about their particular area of expertise within the field, um, suggestions for maybe policy reform or different ways of regulating these areas, that sort of thing. Um, And last year, I had the chance of helping to promote that symposium um, and get a lot of local practitioners and students coming out and hearing um, all the different ideas that were being delivered that day. Amazing opportunity for a law student in second year. Yeah. And so now, opening. Yeah, and now, so now you're in third year. You're currently the executive editor English. Mm-hmm. What does that role entail? Um, it's largely an administrative role through which I coordinate the editing cycle for the Ottawa Law Review. And what that means is I'm in charge of all 100 of our editors and to different um, editing tasks, making sure that everything's running smoothly as we prepare articles for publication, um, helping them with their source verification work, anything and everything related to editing articles I am in charge of. Um, as well, though, I do get a chance as part of the senior board to help out in some larger decision-making and um, strategizing as to where we want this journal to go. Um, and I do, as well, take on some edits of the articles myself. So a little bit of everything. <laughs> How about you, Matt? What's the evolution of your role with the OLR? So I started with the OLR in my second year of law school, and the reason I didn't start with my first um, was because I saw the call for applications. I asked my friend, hey, what's this Ottawa Law Review all about? And he said, oh, don't bother with them. They're going to make you run around the library and look for books, which doesn't sound very appealing or didn't at the time. Um, in hindsight, I wish I would have joined. Um, as Cassandra touched on, you know, you have the opportunity to meet up for your law students, be involved in some really great projects, and, you know, say that you worked on X article or Y, or y article. Um, so as a second year, I worked on editing articles during our editing cycle. And now as an editor-in-chief, it's a much more sort of strategic and administrative role. Um, the senior board is concerned with sort of the sorts of questions like, or the types of questions like, how do we remain competitive? Um, how do we attract Canada's top, or the world's top legal scholars? Um, how do we adapt to the tech age? And so um, those are the sorts of things that I concern myself with uh, that I bring to the board's attention and that we discuss. And, and it's, a, it's a very interesting and different role than 
than a second or first year. Still involved with edits, but more high-level and strategic. Awesome. Is it more difficult to get involved with the Ottawa Law Review if you do not become involved in your first year? I personally don't think so, and maybe Matt can speak a bit better to this, but I had an, I had and have, actually, a number of peers who were not involved in their first year but jumped right in in second year or third year and ran with it. And it really doesn't depend on having... Um, past experience in the law review, although that is helpful, I think what matters more is your personal skill set and your personality and whether or not you can make a meaningful contribution to the team. Right. You do. I agree. And also, as a as the first-year editor, you learn a lot of the skills that are required for the second-year stage, but we have a substantive component to our application process for second years. And so, as long as you can demonstrate, really, that you have the skills that we need, your uh, legal citations, your in-text edits, then uh, then we're certainly open to, or we certainly would love to see that application. Matt, how have you benefited from your involvement with the OLR? It's been really the best experience um, that I've had at the University of Ottawa. It's certainly been a highlight, um, or the highlight. I Glad really to hear enjoyed, it. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> really enjoyed working with my peers to achieve a common objective, and that is, as Cassandra said, publish high-quality legal scholarship. And I've really learned some some really concrete skills like project management, rolling out, rolling out of tasks, um, engaging with stakeholders, meeting timelines, meeting budgets, or, or ensuring that we're within our budgets, and communicating to the team and, and teamwork skills. It's been a really, really fantastic opportunity. Matt, I'll stick with you here. Has your involvement opened any doors, uh, legal career-wise, that you think may not have opened had you not been involved with the OLR? That's a good question. I would say, it's hard to answer, but what I would say is that when I was interviewing for positions in my second year, my experience with the Ottawa Law Review certainly came up. Um, it was a topic of conversation. Many legal professionals served on their own, or served and worked on their Perspective law journals or even for the Ottawa Law Review that I interviewed with. So it was a real, it provided a chance to have some common ground with interviewers and, and professionals. And so in that sense, I do think it opened doors. And also the skills that you learn are really transferable to the practice of law. And so I hope that it will continue to open doors as I progress. How about you, Cassandra? Um, I'll echo a bit what Matt said. I can remember back to when I was doing my recruitment interviews, and I think I talked about the Ottawa Law Review in almost all of them. Um, it just was a really key experience I had that allowed me to talk about so many different skills I have in my uh, um, skill bank, such as just strong writing, good research, working in a team, exercising leadership, all those things that you want in a good lawyer. Um, But also I think, um, although not necessarily um, related to my career, but um, it has put me in contact with a lot of legal professionals in and around Ottawa as well. And I think just Although this might not further my career per se, having that kind of professional network is always going to be a bonus and a benefit. It undoubtedly will. 
of the more than 50 practitioners we've interviewed on the law school show, nine on ten say the most valuable thing they did in law school was make friends and make a network. It's more valuable than any other thing you can do. But it can't all be glitz and glamour. What are some of the hard parts, Cassandra, of being involved with the OLR? On a very basic level, I think um, being the contact person for so many people during our editing cycle, it's challenging to try to be proactive and foresee all the issues that could possibly arise so that I could address them should they come up. Um, it You're honing your psychic powers. Yes, really. Um, and where my psychic powers fail, I have to be resourceful so that I can find all the answers and share all the answers with whoever might need them. Right. Um, I also find sometimes it can be a challenge to balance time across my commitment with the Ottawa Law Review and all the other things I'm involved in. Right now, besides school, I have a part-time job. I'm involved with a litigation clinic at the school, and I'm also a TA. So kind of being able to split my time across so many different endeavors can be a challenge, but I think I get so many benefits out of being part of the Ottawa Law Review that that it's worth the challenge. How about you, Matt? So some of the hard parts? So I would say that um, while I was... was um, studying during my undergraduate degree I worked at a bank and a big thing that I learned and a big thing about banking is client service and it just is the sort of bedrock of, of banking and so that experience is really valuable for me and and I you know expect and I will bring that experience to the practice of law but I try to I tried to bring it to the Ottawa Law Review and so what that means is sort of instilling a client service ethos um, to this journal and try to foster that mentality. And it's sort of foreign to academia. We don't really think of, or we don't really think of our authors as clients, but it's important that we do because that will ensure that emails are responded to promptly. That will ensure that we're working efficiently to make sure that the product gets out quicker. And so it's sort of in trying to foster that client service ethos has been a challenge, but we're getting there, and um, we can see it with the pro- with our results. We're getting faster. We're getting more efficient. We are e- responding to our emails quicker, and so we can see that we can see that that is being met. And I hope that that will continue for next year and years to come. Matt, if you were sitting across the bar from your friend who was starting law school and he was thinking about joining the Ottawa Law Review. What would you What would you say to him? I would tell him definitely do it. Um, I would say that it may not be as glamorous in the beginning as Cassandra mentioned. <laughs> um, it's tough, tedious work at first, and it you know it, that sort of that kind of progresses throughout, and it's still there. But it's a really fantastic opportunity. You get to work alongside. Um, colleagues and classmates and professors and make some really strong friendships, learn a lot of really great transferable skills. And you at the end of the day you feel like you're making a difference. And you know, you're whether it's contributing to the legal profession, whether it's um, helping work on an article that 
goes on to do something one day, you can look back on that and just kind of know that you played your part. I think that's a really important point. Um, from my personal perspective, when I was in law school, I found it a challenge to be involved with things that were, um, you know, spearheaded by the law school, but with a direct impact on the wider legal community or the community in general. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the, the law review, you know, fits that so well. And it's a hard thing to find. Cassandra, would you, would you, would you uh, support that opinion? Definitely. We are very academic in nature, but a lot of what we do, like Matt has said, directly filters into the legal profession, um, comments on what the practice of law is really about, and like you said, it just fits that description to a T. Yeah, nice. Is there anything else that you uh, try and tell prospective OLRs about the merits <laughs> of being involved? Um. I definitely harp on the relationship building, like Matt said. Um, But I think, too, it allows you to dive right in from the start of law school and really get your hands on, you know, what are primary sources of law? How am I supposed to properly cite all these things that I will need to cite in my papers later on? Um, Really exercising those legal research skills in terms of finding all those sources that you need to during the source verification stage. So I think even from a substantive perspective, there's only benefit, really. Yeah, and those are, like you both mentioned, direct skills Mm -hmm. that are going to be applied during your articles and your legal career going forward. So only a couple more questions. I won't take up too much more of your valuable time. Um, Matt, you mentioned that uh, you had a commonality with a lot of your interviewers because you had both been involved with a law review. Um, in your experience, what perspective do legal employers have of candidates with a law review on their resume? So in September, we had a dinner for all of our editors and, and some alumni attended of the OLR. And one of our faculty advisors, Professor Craig Forsey, got up and gave a speech and um and he said that when he used to work at a firm and they would get applications in, whenever they saw a student who served on their school's law review, it they flagged it. And they flagged it because it demonstrated that that student had attention to detail. They knew how to manage their time. They were committed. And they were able to work in a team. And I think all those four things hold true. Um Serving on the serving on a law review or the OLR or any law review, you know, you have to you learn certain skills, and those skills are directly transferable to the practice of law. Beautiful, Cassandra, do you have, do you have uh, any perspective on that or anything to add on what Matt said? Um, I would agree with Matt, and I think on top of that too, um, legal employers can trust that these candidates are strong writers, are strong editors, are strong researchers, and experience on any law review would substantiate a candidate's um, argument that they do have these skills and that they are the best summer student or article student or associate that the firm could want. Very nice. Uh, Cassandra, do you see common personality characteristics amongst the students involved with the OLR? I definitely do. Um, 
First and foremost, I often am in awe of how tenacious our editors are. <laughs> um, I've said quite a few times now that, you know, work on a law review is not necessarily the most easy thing, not necessarily the most glamorous thing. And, you know, all of our editors are doing this work on top of their normal course load. Right. So in order to do their job well, both as an editor and as a student, they have to be so determined, so tenacious in both those avenues. And I think it really shows in how they commit themselves to their editing work. Um, on top of that, a lot of our editors um, have very flexible personalities. And by that, I mean they're willing to jump on any project in any capacity that we need them to. Um, you know, outside of editing, we do put on a whole host of events and different projects, both online and offline, and we'll oftentimes ask any one of our editors to lend a hand on any one of these projects, and almost, if not all the time, they are quick to agree, happy to help out, um, and I think that's just phenomenal. Um, lastly, I would say that all of our editors share an interest in fostering the development of younger editors. Um, the way our particular law review is structured relies a lot on mentorship, so upper-year students um, teaching younger law students all the different skills they need to edit um, and do the work that they do, and honestly, our editors go above and beyond in making sure that all their colleagues have the information they need and helping them throughout uh, the editing process. And just to build on that, uh, um, to echo what Cassandra's saying, mentorship is really important and a big part of what we do at the Ottawa Law Review. And um, each each senior editor is assigned to a junior editor. And, you know, it's expected that that person will be the point of contact if any issues are flagged. But more importantly, we want to pair up... Um, more junior law students with more senior law students um, so that they have someone to turn to if issues come up in their studies or someone to kind of discuss strategies for really anything, um, law-related or not. And so it's really important that we develop these relationships among student editors and among different years. Everyone that's involved with our journal is really committed to that and sees merit in that, and that's, uh, that's really great to see. Amazing. On behalf of the Law School Show team, uh, I commend you both on playing key roles um, in a reputable legal journal and uh, for furthering it, its purpose and for taking the time to, to educate people about what it does and how involvement can be beneficial. But before I let you off the hook, Cassandra, post-JD plans. What's <laughs> on the pipeline? I will be articling with a Toronto-based labor and employment firm, and I'm very excited um, Very cool. That. Um, other than that, maybe traveling in between the bar exam and start of my article. Definitely take that opportunity. Is labor and employment your sweet spot right now? Yes. I think it may be the only area of law that I'm truly passionate about. And That's good. I'm excited to get in there and start practicing. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure they are uh, going to benefit from having you. Um, Matt, how about you, man? I will be uh, articling at a full-service firm in Toronto and um, looking forward to rotating through the various areas and seeing where I end up. And I hope to also do some traveling before I enter the real world. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that you've both got a taste of the real world. Uh, it's not so different from what you're living right now. Um, 
Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having us Thanks, on the Chris. show. You've just been listening to The Law School Show. You can find all our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or at our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, like us again on Facebook and get the latest updates from The Law School Show. Career advancing advice, right to your earbuds.